Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. Our next guest is a gentleman who has written several books on uh, computers, from the story of the virtual community to editing the Millennium Whole Earth Catalog. Will you please welcome a man who knows about computers and the internet and the great catalog of uh, tools, Howard Rheingold, to West Coast Live. I have to just share with you, as we say in California, what it is that uh, Howard Rheingold is wearing today. He's wearing hand-painted sort of orange and green shoes with what look like green vines on them, Uh, brilliant purple trousers, a bright red turtleneck, and a jacket that uh, I think Giorgio Armani would lust after, (laughs) covered with chili peppers and green cactus and howling coyotes and stars and night skies and a baseball cap that says the spin doctors on it. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. You got a dress for radio. That's true. You fit right in here on the set with trapezes and knives that'll be tossed and juggled and so forth. But, I mean, you've, uh, is this how you dress also when you, when you sit down on the computer and send out anonymous email messages to your vast network of friends and colleagues around the world? Well, if you work at home, as I do, in order to retain your self-respect, you do have to get out of your pajamas eventually. So, <laughs> so it's kind of to cheer me up. How many here in this audience at the Cowell Theater work at home? And how many of you uh, work in your pajamas part of the time of the week? (laughs) Several of us raised our hands here. What was your first experience with a computer that you remember? Word processing. So I would not have to type the same page over 40 times if I wanted to make 40 changes. In fact, you don't make 40 changes if you have to type it over 40 times. So I thought it was just great. Of course, you're kind of lonely there at your word processor, and someone told me I could plug it into my telephone and communicate with other people, and that's how I fell into this whole cyberspace virtual community business, was because I was isolated and because my computer could connect me with people. And nowadays, so many people are connected to uh, the internet and use email in their offices and are fluent in the use of uh, computers. There's also a, a problem that you describe uh, that you've seen, which is that of addiction to computers. People are unable to free themselves and actually go out and have normal sort of human commerce face to face. I think you have to put that in, in context. That's the condition that you found us. Uh, <laughs> we live in a society in which, well, air conditioning eliminated porches. No more, no more community on the street. And elevators made it possible for 50,000 people to work in the same building. And television made it possible for you to never leave your house. So that's where computers came along, at least even though we're not leaving our houses and we're staring at tubes. We're communicating with other people, which to me is a step forward. However, like anything else, alcohol, work, food, you do too much of it, you get in trouble. What, uh, have you ever found yourself getting in trouble, just hooked into the screen too long? Well, getting in trouble is really where, where creativity comes from, for me. Uh, if, if I'm having too much fun, there must be something there. That's how I ended up writing the book was, gee, I've been having too much fun with this stuff. Everybody ought to know about it. Let's get everybody in trouble. And have you found that uh, you've been successful? 
Uh, getting everybody in trouble? Well, uh, I can't take sole responsibility for it, but it is the fastest growing medium, communication medium in history, precisely because it allows you to communicate with people who share your interests. You know, you can pick up the telephone and call a half billion other telephones, but you can't pick up the telephone and say, I want to talk with the Sedge Thompson fan. You can do that uh, on the internet. You can just sort of dial that up somewhere, presumably. Oh, oh sure. There are lots of, lots of public radio discussions. The, uh, the other major project that you have has been editing the Millennium Whole Earth Catalog, Access to Tools and Ideas for the 21st Century. Stuart Brand put out this publication, the Whole Earth Catalog, in 1968. There was one called the Last Whole Earth Catalog, and now this Millennium Edition. What was the impetus behind doing it yet a third time? Oh, it's time. Our, our community around the world let us know. Uh, this is for people who want to think for themselves. And it brings you the ideas and the tools that you need to think for yourself and build some kind of meaningful life for yourself and do some kind of good for the neighborhood and, and the planet. And eight years ago, it was a long time ago, that's when the, the Essential Whole Earth Catalog was out. And there's a lot of things out there besides cyberspace that people need to know about. And so that was the impetus. And it's really a mission for a lot of people. For a lot of people. This, this is a book that's oh, probably what, about two and a half feet tall and a little over a foot wide and has about 400 pages in it. It's, it's, uh, it's filled with information ranging from how satellites survey us to uh, books on the landscape of the Midwest and grasslands uh, to new technology. How did you decide what categories, what information uh, you could leave out? Uh, we fought a lot. We put everything up on a big wall. We only had 384 pages. If we wanted two more pages on internet or ornithology, then we would have to take two pages from something else. So there are a lot of discussions, some of them heated. This is very much a work of many voices, a work of a community. I'm privileged to have my name on it, and I was very happy to have the last word in this. But there were many people around the world, dozens of editors and hundreds of reviewers and thousands of suggestors. So this is a work of a community which for 25 years has been out there in the old growth forests and in cyberspace and in the inner cities, finding out what works. And, and that's what we want to share with the rest of the world. What, what items from the catalog of 1968 have become sort of strangely and curiously obsolete you know, from this perspective of 1994? Well, obviously, we're not all living in geodesic domes. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I think if you look back at the track record, a lot of the things that were weird fringe ideas that Stuart Brand and his friends introduced, like ecology and alternative energy and alternative medicine and homeschooling and alternative schools, have become, if not mainstream, at least well known. So I, we're taking a lot of stabs in the dark and a, lo and a lot of... Uh, uh, looks at the future here, and I think 25 years from now, you will say that some of those ideas were as ridiculous as geodesic domes, and some of them were as important as ecology. What were some of the issues that you found you had to grapple with uh, that, that existed that you couldn't even have imagined in 1968? Well, the, the biodiversity crisis was a, not even a tiny cloud on the horizon. Now we're facing losing hundreds of millions of years of evolution. Fortunately, we have backyard biodiversity. You can save some seeds. You can go out and find out whether your grandmother has a variety of apple tree that's endangered and send it out to seed savers. There isn't a big problem that we don't address 
with a solution that you can do in your backyard or on your desktop. One of the, uh, the topics you have here is called The Pursuit of Pleasure, and you have a, uh, uh, a topic here, a book on, uh, on masturbation that people can get if they want to, to help them out. Yes, the ever-popular sex for one. And this must be part of the, the trend in homeschooling you're talking about, is that what you're Well, it looks like we've come along just in time here, since we're, we are going to abandon the sex education in the public schools. So this is a continuing access to tools and so forth for, for, for information. I mean, you've got books of uh, uh, composting that are uh, listed in here, uh, guides to building your own house, uh, uh, the, uh, the duty of civil uh, disobedience. Uh, you are particularly interested in the subject of ethnobotany and uh, what, what it means to, uh, to us uh, to have a wide variety of plants that we are able to preserve for, for reasons that benefit us as humans. Oh yes, there, anyone who has a child who is being treated for leukemia, you can thank the witch doctors of Madagascar for uh, vincristine. Uh, there may be a cure for cancer for AIDS out there, and it's going to be lost because we're losing the people who know how to use the plants. We're losing the environments in which those plants are used. Uh, it may surprise a lot of people, but aspirin and quinine and a whole lot of other things that are very important to uh, us medically came from people who used plants. We're about to lose that. Ethnobotany has traditionally been something uh, in which amateurs can get out in the field and help preserve that knowledge. And so we, well, I personally owe my tenure at Whole Earth to the plants. They told me to go to Whole Earth and help them. It's a long story. Uh, the four pages on ethnobotany, everybody thought I was kind of nuts to want it. Uh, my art director, who I dearly love, yelled at me because I messed with those pages too many times. Um, I think you need to know about plants. You need to know about cyberspace. As humans, we're rooted in the earth, but we have our eyes on the stars. That's us. Uh, you can't neglect one without the other. I mean, this entire book seems as much a statement as a way of life and a way of viewing the world, uh, from, from medicine to technology. Uh, are you finding that, uh, what has been the reaction to the Earth Gallery? Are there people who sort of loathe its existence? Well, of course, they don't show up. But what's surprising is who, who do show up. Uh, there are the hairy old hippies. There are some Republican duck hunters who are interested in wetlands. There are students who are showing up. Stuart Brand, in the foreword to this, really pushes this much back further than the 60s. This goes back to a very subversive idea that a, a group of radicals were spreading around Europe and North America about 250 years ago called the Enlightenment Project. The idea simply being that you could take ordinary citizens, not necessarily the arist aristocrats, and teach them to read and write, crack open some of those secrets that the guilds held on how do you build houses and sewers and printing presses, and, and lo and behold, those people might be able to govern themselves. The United States of America was an experiment in that. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote Self-Reliance. This is a deep stream in American culture. It's not just the, the hippies. The hippies in the 60s were the people who were willing to think for themselves. Uh, we have a much wider tent today. We think a lot of people are willing to think for themselves, and we need to get good ideas and good tools to those people. The, uh, w w did you spend life as a hippie growing up? Well, yeah, I graduated from college in 1968, tried to look around and find some kind of moral compass, 
Uh, it was a pretty strange time to try to find a way in life. The whole Earth catalog came out. It was a talisman for me. It said, there are people out there who don't have to sign up with the program. You don't have to join the corporation. You don't have to join the government. You don't have to join anybody's bandwagon. You can make a life for yourself. It's not easy, but it's rewarding, and you're not alone. It turns out that, well, I'm not a hippie anymore. I'm st still someone who thinks for myself. What sort of compromises do you th have you found that you've been able to make that have uh, gone on in the production of, of this catalog? Uh, clearly, it takes organization. There's a corporation that's involved, nonprofit or profit. I mean, it's still a corporation. I mean, there's structure that's involved in a very complex activity of putting together a book like this. Uh, clearly, there's been some sort of modification of that sort of 68 hippie view of the world. Well, the, a lot of compromises are always involved if you're trying to put together something big. This is 384 pages. Compromise was I wanted 600 pages. It would have cost $60. There's also the fact that we were given about $375,000 to do this, and the bookkeepers who were in charge of the organization told me that it would cost four or five hundred thousand dollars to do it so we took the vastly irresponsible step of going ahead and accepting the money they were right it, it cost a lot more uh, than when we were given we sort of chopped up all the furniture and fed it to the boiler and, um, here we are the book is selling well the accountants will be very happy when we pay all that money back but that from my point of view that's not the point the point is it's time to get another whole earth catalog out in the world and and our community will take care of us so sometimes you have to compromise, and sometimes you just have to jump right over the compromise into space. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I know there must be, I don't know, several thousand items in here. Uh, and other than your ethnobotany page, what's your favorite item in this catalog? Oh, favorite item, that's, that's a hard one. There's a, there's a great tool for pulling out weeds. If you uh, hate the way the broom is eating Mount Tamalpai here in the, in the Bay Area and other non-native plants are invading, you can't just cut them down. You've got to pull them out by the roots, and there's a really neat tool for doing that. I kind of I like that one. It, and it's called it like a weed puller? It, something like that, yeah. yeah. All, right. All right, well, good. Howard Rheingold, author of The Virtual Community, Homesteading on the Electronic Frontier, author of Virtual Reality, and editor, uh, along with dozens of contributors, the Millennium Whole Earth Catalog. Thanks very much for being here on West Coast Live. My pleasure. This is Sedge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.